You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, when we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. It helps if you unmute your microphone, yeah? Yeah, the audio guy. And Tony Groves. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. All right, well, thanks for showing up today. We got a very exciting show with some leaks coming out about the new build. So we'll be going over all of that, uh, several different hardware topics, and of course, uh, racing at Darlington. Also, don't forget that you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all the great topics and products that we're discussing by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. We do hope to see you there. Simchiz offers the realistic sim racing equipment you need to win more races online. It is designed for real racers. Hydraulic construction makes them feel just like the real thing. High quality construction, 100% leak proof, and lifetime warranty are the key features with these pedals. And they look absolutely amazing. Check out simcoaches.com and use the coupon code iRacersLounge to get 10% off your purchase. Simcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you're actually sitting behind the wheel of a car, drive harder, and stay on the limit longer. And I'm going to just go ahead and add to that. There's, um, I've, re- you know, I haven't been super crazy fast because I've been running in some high splits at Darlington, but I haven't gotten into the wall yet because my brakes are so consistent that it's, it just, Darlington, as far as not running into the wall has, has never been so much, so much easier than it has been this week with those pedals. All right, let's hit some topics. We're looking at a little royalty, maybe, or, or we got a new dirt track that might be joining iRacing. And on their tweet, they ask if you can tell which one it is. Uh, I wish Brian McCubbin was here because I think this might be that track he's been hoping for, but I'm not sure. I believe it's Port Royale. I'm no, I don't know anything much about uh, dirt tracks, so I had to go to the um to the comment section and see if i could find answers and that seems to be the most popular one so i imagine there's a lot more uh experts on the in the comment section than uh me yeah quite a few of the replies and the, the tweets say point rail it looks like a very flat flat tr- or flat dirt track not very much banking now there was another leak that came in literally 30 minutes before recording it didn't make it on the script but uh, it was a picture of a racetrack, and the comments quickly identified the track as Sandown. Sandown. So is that another one as well, or? Yeah, that's in addition to this one. This is Port Royale, and now we have Sandown. So we're getting a, a little road dirt course. love in the new build coming. I don't know if it's dirt. It looked like it was a, a road course. Oh, well, well there you go. <laughs> Shows you how much I'm familiar with that. You got you got lured in by the sand in the title, yeah. Yeah, it sucked right in. So it's I looked it up. It's Sandown Racecourse in Down Under in Australia. 
And when you look at the photo at the Wikipedia, yeah, it looks just like um, the picture they released, actually. So I think they, they hit the nail on the head there. Some supercar love, right? Yeah, those are a handful to drive. They're in some ways kind of sometimes they're a little bit harder than the cup car, probably because I'm not in them that often. All right. Next up, we have uh, the fact that iRacing is looking for a new media producer. Uh, they're looking to somebody to report to the media consumer experience manager. Um, and they're going to be a media specialist who is primarily responsible for creating various forms of content for both the iRacing members and the prospects include, but are not limited to promotional videos, tutorial videos, social media content, web advertisement, and collateral. Uh, there's also going to include video production and editing, basic design work, uh, web ads, and print ads, and so forth. So if that's your, your cup of tea, iRacing's hiring. I mean, there's so much content that they can put out on social media, and, and they already do. They churn a lot of different little clips and, and things you know, to us. They have the ongoing you know, YouTube videos. And to imagine they're going to hire another full-time person to kind of work on that kind of stuff um, is, is great. I mean, there's, there's tons of material. I'm sure they have no lack of material. You know, and with the new, uh, you know, console game thing going on, maybe they need help with that too. Well, we definitely know over the last two years, they've seen a large amount of growth. And though the COVID boom is probably over, um, they're still bigger than they were before all that started. But something that's that's not bigger, or this is really not a great transition, but I'm going to dedicate this one to our, uh, our damage model advocate, Tony Rochette. Uh, hashtag we want the new damage model tony why don't you take this one yeah i don't even know if uh the whole damage model is a part of this it just we, we still want it um they're uh they're talking about the um uh the issue with that patch that they uh, said that they're going to release and then they kind of had to pull it back and um they said like it caused significant setbacks on a lot of development work um and they rather than push out another patch with the with the new build just you know right around the corner they're just gonna hold it maybe do some extra work and make sure it's ready to go but it looks like uh we gotta wait till the june build for um the uh the updates to the next gen car and we presume that's the pj1 the the new damage model on the next gen and then other updates to the next gen was the pj1 part of the well i think it was only because remember the 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 clues you know we saw the two cars at texas and the pj1 i don't think it's confirmed but they're trying to to hint that they the cars could run side by side there i don't know hmm i mean there's places they did a uh, release though uh, even though those items were not in it yeah, there's a lot of uh, places where the cars can run by si- side by side, but you're always still going to be slower when you when you can't use the whole track. Speaking of using the whole track, if you'd like to learn the whole Outland Park track, we have a YouTube video, Mike, that looks like it's a track guide. Well, first of all, I want to go over the release note a little bit because um, there was an update this week, and I'm trying to see what was in it. Not much. Lots of little things. Yeah, little stuff is what I see. On the next gen, it says drafting drag response has been updated, but that's it. Yeah, there's a lot of iris or a lot of set update. Little fixes at uh, individual tracks. 
I don't like the I one. Like it for- the one in Atlanta is pretty funny though. A track marshal has been rescued from the jaws of a hungry fire truck. You know, Watkins Glen, for example, says a new flagger platform has been added. The grandstands have been updated, fix some camera distance, visual popping issues, and fix the issue with a chain link fence. But well, here's a cleanup. Hey, here's a good one from uh Bristol dirt. Yeah, uh, it's a little late, but they updated the pit entry area, so driving closely does not trigger a pit entry. I got burned by that one. Ooh. Now, I, I don't know if we have a separate story on this, but I'm going to mention it because it's listed here. Barber Motorsports Park. The price of the track was recently updated from 11.95 to 14.95 to match comparable circuits. And there was a lot. Of course, on Twitter there was pushback, like. Twitter always does, you know, crying out, why, why, you know, we're talking about three bucks guys, seriously, uh, you know, you can't, you can't get fast food for three bucks and you're going to cry about a, a trek being three, $3 more, you know, um, and, and they were saying, well, it hasn't gotten any real, you know, good updates and this and that. And why, why is it justify the price increase? You know, I don't know how they determine, you know, what track gets charged what, but it seems fair to me. Well, that can wrap the patch up. So the next thing we do have is that video I mentioned earlier, which is a track guide to, um, which track was it? Pulling the nose back. Outland, Outland Park. Park. Yeah. Is it well, Outland is or Olton? Olton, as they would say, right? Is that a Canadian track? Well, I, I got no idea. I... No, I'm thinking Scotland. Uh, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, what's interesting is this is on the iRacing channel, but it's not iRacing. It's this other guy called Finding Speed. And apparently he's a YouTube uh, creator. And uh, he decided he's doing an Outland Park track guide for the GT3 Challenge Series. And uh, iRacing reposted it basically on their channel. Right. These are also always helpful when you're learning a new track, especially in the road courses, because... Um, and especially when you're trying to learn how to really road race, because you just get a better idea of how to treat each corner, when when you should early apex, when you should apex, where where to sacrifice corners. I didn't go through and watch this one specifically, but I can I, I can I know from watching other videos that that's the kind of tips that they give you. Yeah, I did watch it a little bit um, just to get a feel of who this guy was, because I didn't really haven't seen his channel before. Um, so I think this is also a good way of you know iRacing introducing these content creators to the community. Cause you know, I'm all, all over this kind of stuff and I've never seen this guy before, but Outland park, I did look it up. It is in uh, United kingdom. So I was pretty darn close. Um, and he really talks about where you want to position a car as you're getting ready to apex. And, and he, you know, pauses the video and shows you specifically and, and that kind of thing. So it is quite helpful. Yeah. Scotland actually is a part of the UK. Bingo. Speaking of uh, road tracks, it looks like we have another one coming in that has a lot of purple tint to it. Uh, we're, we're bringing in Fuji Speedway, according to an Instagram post from iRacing. Well, it's a tease. I don't think they've uh, officially called it uh, Fuji uh, when they released this on social media. Um, of course, you know the commenters figured it out pretty quick. Uh, Steve Myers uh, posted on Twitter something to the effect of, I can't wait to see the mountain in the background, uh, referring to Mount Fiji, uh, the large dormant volcano there. Well, if you look at the post, there's um, 
it's uh, in an Asian text. I can't tell you if it's Japanese or or Chinese, but they actually iRacing official is actually posting in in one of the Asian hier- kind of hieroglyphic ish uh, alphabets. Yeah, they've also uh, put up a, an article right on iRacing dot com. Fuji Speedway coming to iRacing in twenty twenty two. Yeah, they did announce it later in the week. Um, there is a quote here. I'll go ahead and read it. Fuji Speedway is an important part of Japanese motorsport history, and we're excited to finally welcome it to iRacing, said Steve Myers. Over its many configurations, the track has hosted some of the world's premier racing series and events, and we're excited to bring those experiences to hundreds of thousands of iRacing users worldwide. We look forward to seeing how the world's top iRacers will handle Fuji and open-wheel racers, sport cars, and much more after its coming release. Pretty cool. I, I didn't um, NASCAR go there once or something. Is that the one where Dale and Senior had hit, had their first uh, race together? Or that was that was uh, one that we already have. When it, uh, no, there's Twin Ring Motegi. Maybe that was it. Yeah, and then there's this one. There, uh, it was Suzuka. Yeah, Suzuka. I could. I was drawing a blank, but that's the one they Suzuka. went to. So All lots right. of stuff coming up out in the build so far. Yep, yep. You got now, something, Tony? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think it relates at all. I was just I was listening to uh, the Dale Junior download, and they had Justin Marks on um, talking about the uh, the throwback paints, and it was uh, Junior and Senior for the Suzuka, which has absolutely nothing to do with uh, Fuji, but it was in the same country. So I guess I'm, you know, grasping for some kind of correlation there. Well, it's just, it's a funny coincidence because yeah, I'm sure most of us listened to that yesterday or today. um, Cause that was fresh on my mind as well. Well, moving out of the build and next we're going to be talking about some various Coke news. Uh, Mike Conti has an announcement that uh, the first hundred spectators that at the door for the pro battle battle that they're having at Carolina Hub GG, they're going to get in free. Uh, And that's on May 10th. Well, they don't not only get in free, but they're going to receive tickets to the Coke 600 as well. And it also says where it also says they are going to be eligible for uh, some giveaways yeah i don't know if that means is is there one set of tickets they're giving out or does everyone get one i don't get it but well they can have they probably have a lot lot of other small little grab bag type prizes and so graham boland colin keister briar laprad and mike conti will be racing in person at that uh, facility in uh, north carolina and uh man if i was in the area i'd check it out it looks like a lot of fun it's kind of funny because the whole point of sim racing is you don't have to be there in person, but now they're getting all this in-person activities. So it's, it's almost kind of full circle again. Well, I mean, North Carolina is, you know, the NASCAR hub and, you know, it's not too surprising. They have at least four or more drivers in the area, you know, that are willing to, to do it. Because yeah, they're probably trying to get some real life career going as well. At least some of them are. Right. We also have a tweet from Ryan Luza. Have you checked this one out, uh, Tony? Well, yeah, I did uh, check it out. Now, I wasn't sure if this is going to be like, uh, you know, if they're actually racing in these cars or if it was going to be yeah. similar to the last one that we talked about where it's just a virtual deal. But, yeah, so you, they they are racing in these cars. 
Yeah, Five Flags Speedway. Um, the one in the background is Caden Honeycutt in the 21. Uh, and, and the five is uh, Ryan Luza. I, I believe these are super late models or late models. But a couple Coke drivers mixing it up on the track, and uh, they're actually pitted right next to each other. That's kind of cool. Yeah, now that's uh, super exciting. That's, that's that's really cool. Now, this was posted on April 29, and racing at do do we uh get any results from this because i imagine this has already happened i think i i haven't seen the results no hmm. well hopefully one of them got something this next video tony it reminded me of uh of you guys um it says those who race together stay together <laughs> yeah um i i did kind of scan through this video a little bit and this was um uh yeah it 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 was very uh, reminiscent. Um, this guy here, and I, I didn't catch his name. Um, Cameron Dash. Yeah, he basically he threw down a lap um, with uh, you know a baseline setup, and it was um, you know he had just one lap to throw down a lap, and then um, you know he challenged his his girlfriend to uh, get within a hundred and seven percent. I don't exactly know what that means, um, but he gave her uh, a decent setup and an hour of uh, practice to lay down a lap to get within that. And uh, yeah, you know what? Like it was, um, it was a really neat video watching her kind of go and and you know figure things out. And by the end, she was doing all right. Um, she did get within 107. She didn't beat the uh, she didn't beat his lap, but. Um, did a you know did a respectable showing anyways so if his best time was like say 67 seconds or one minute and uh uh seven seconds then 107 percent of that is 71 seconds so it's within about four seconds is what what he was looking for with at, at the 107 or the 107 like percent mark within a percentage of his fast yeah. time right mm -hmm. if um I know in the majors league, if you have to qualify or you have, to, they have a minimum pace rule and you have to stay within that range of a certain percentage. And if you're not making that, you have to park it. They, they almost have a, a race pace kind of like NASCAR does if, if you get damaged. Well, he was, um, I th at least this is how I understood it. That, um, that's like a, a qualifying requirement. You have to qualify within 107% for, you know, the, the races that he does. Yeah, I think I think that applies. It's the same kind of thing, same kind of idea. Yeah, if you're that much slower, you don't, you can't be in the top split in a majors race, I believe. Well, it looked like you know, you know, he was having a great time. She was having a great time, and you know, <laughs> uh, just like the title of the of the topic says, like it it adds such a uh, a cool dynamic to be able to you know to bring your girlfriend into your hobby. Um, you know, even if she's not all that into it, I lucked out. Um, you know, Lisa's a huge racing fan, and she's right into it. Um, but even if they just kind of humor you every now and again, um, yeah, that's uh, um, it. Just creates extra, you know, talking points and and little bonding moments that are uh, they're a lot of fun. They're real nice. You notice on this video, they actually used some VS telemetry or VRS telemetry to compare what they were doing. 
Yeah, and he talked about the setup a little bit. He had her open up the setup page and pointed some stuff out. And I, I mean, she's a great girlfriend, obviously, and a great sport to uh, humor him and go along with it. And uh, and she tried, and she did very well. I was, it's kind of neat to watch her progress. All right. So prediction: six months from now, we have a video where they have uh, where he has to get another rig so she can race as well. Rig build, right? All right, this next one was also is almost also kind of a similar situation, but instead of a relationship, it was an actress that had to learn a little bit about sim racing for this sim racer film. That it, when we first saw this promo, I don't think we actually thought it was a serious thing, but it it's um, it's actually being filmed, and this is an actress putting a little Instagram post talking about how neat it was to be learning what all goes into sim racing. Yeah, I, I had totally forgotten about this movie. Uh, it's called the Sim Racer film, and it's still set to be released in 2022. That's uh, that's pretty exciting. I was hoping that they would continue on, and when we had first talked about it, I kind of dug in a little further, but they didn't. You know, you couldn't really find a whole lot about it. Um, but <laughs> um, this is going to be really neat to be able to, you know, to see what 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 they do with this, and um, looking forward to. Uh, yeah, when they actually do release it, uh, I guess I got my reservations about a few things, but uh, hey, nonetheless, it's a sim racing movie, and I don't think we've seen that yet. So, I wonder if it'll it'll be closer and more realistic than say Days of Thunder. I just yeah, I just hope it's it's somewhat realistic. Um, I, that I, my concern is it, it'll present some kind of you know facade thing that's not actually how it really really rolls. Oh, I've seen some really bad dirt movies, uh, you know, like B or C dirt movies. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't take a whole lot to get above those. So, I don't think any anything beats shifting at a super speedway, though, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if we'll it'll hit more, but we do have on the next topic some sim three or some se- some more season three rumors. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're talking build, and you, this guy, you know, has put together a list, Kyle A. Noel, in the forums. So I thought we'd kind of go through it. Um, he put into the confirmed category, Sandown Motor Speedway, next-gen updates, new damage model. And um, now that the I new damage model's Fuji. got a question mark by it. It does, yeah, because it got delayed. I think we can add Fuji uh, Speedway to that as well. Oh, maybe they did say the Fuji's coming in 2022, and the picture that they oh, released was was still like it was still in development. So I don't think we'll see it in June, but you know, probably. Um, Good point. Yeah, so, uh, season. Where are we going into season four? Would three. be the next one. Three, three, <laughs> three. Jeez, yeah. Thanks. So we got well, we did, just, we did have the dirt sprint update. Timing of it. Yeah, I mean, maybe the timing of it, you know, they're releasing, they're, they're telling us about it, you know, right here before the build. And so I just assume it's for the build. On the maybe list, we've got a, maybe a new scan for Atlanta and maybe a new scan for Indianapolis. And that's for all of the circuits, overrode and dirt. And then uh, implied was dirt sprint updates, that the uh, dirt sprint car would be getting updates. Uh, the yeah. teaser list. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that one. I don't know if maybe we covered this one last week. And I just don't remember, but Tyler Hudson tweeted up a, 
you know, here's the clue, and yeah, it's a video, it's a sprints. Yeah, it's not much to it, right? <laughs> so, no. no. Uh, yeah, and then teasers were the rain, 3D grass, Port Royale, second street stock for pavement or dirt, based on what Dale Jr. tweeted a, a few months ago, or in the mini stock four-cylinder oval car for pavement and dirt that Dale Jr. mentioned. I like that idea. I, the, when they brought out the other ones, there was like the Brazilian cars. I thought that's what this was, was like a four-cylinder oval car. And yeah, I was wrong. Okay, and, and then here's the list. Uh, yeah, you already mentioned. Future builds. You already mentioned the uh, Fuji. We've got this one. I'm going to slaughter the French, but it's Circuit de Nevers Magni Cor. Um so I've, it's obviously probably a French circuit. Uh, a new dirt oval and dirt road configuration for Lucas Oil. That one looks exciting. And then Kern County Raceway, another uh, little local track. And then Cars Late Model Stock Update or Pro Late Model. Um, I think, remember Dale asked a, a choice. What did, what did you guys want? And then the new Mercedes F1 car, the, the one they don't like anymore. Uh, Pro 4 Championship Series is coming in the summer, and then SCCA runoffs in October as far as series. And I'm sure as we list. Get, yeah, and I'm sure as we get closer, this list will get updated, so we'll probably be hitting this list again in the next few shows. So let's expand on one of those topics, and that's Indianapolis. With the Indy 500 coming so soon, do you guys think we're going to get it in the build? Um. It's too, they're almost too close to each other, right? What are, uh, where are we in week 12? I mean, in the 12 week season. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get it in time for the fixed. I don't know where we're at, actually. Um, I'm telling you. Yeah. We're in week eight. So the build's not for another yeah. month. And we'll already be doing some of the, some of the uh, races. So the, cause, so the build's not until June, actually. And the, Indy races are in July or is, are in May. So yeah, it's probably going to come after. Well, I wouldn't be unheard of them just releasing that just before the event. I mean, that would make the most sense if they did. Right. Would, would the people, you know, preparing, you know, practice get mad, you know, all of a sudden they dump a new track in the middle of qualifying week. Yep. Of course they would. Who needs to practice though, eh? Mike does right. <laughs> well, there's a poll in the forums from Victor Del Porto. He put up uh, with Indy Fixed being next week and Indy uh, 500 open the next week after. Would you like iRacing to release the the new track? And we have uh, 48% yes, 51% no. I'm I'm surprised by the people voting no. I mean, why would you vote no? Well, because there's people who've already been practicing for this race for a month. Scrap your sets, right? Yeah. Um, it would be a, I mean, it was just a, there are some people who have long preparation processes and it would, it would just throw all of that in the trash can. You know, it's just a matter of them managing the timing of the release to, to coincide with the big race. And, and they've nailed this before with other, track updates happening right before the big event and so i'm, I'm a little i'd be a little surprised if we don't get the, the track before the race but um i mean you got to look at when they scanned it they scanned it in july of 2021 
I mean, they've been sitting on the scan for a long time. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say at this point, it, with the fixed race next week, it's not happening. I, I think it would be, I would think it would be a huge mistake to put it out, and it would cause a lot of legitimate tears compared to you know, like paying three dollars more for a road track. So Monday night racing is back, and we've got an article on FrontStretch.com. Looks like Alfredo took the win at Daytona. Yeah, that's a Monday Night Racing League uh, with all the NASCAR stars. And now this time, even including Dale Earnhardt Jr., um, he mentioned it on his podcast. And it was kind of fun to listen to him talk about uh, joining Monday Night Racing. But uh, Anthony Alfredo, uh, Fast Pasta, he's, I bet he's pretty proud of that win. He's got a really good online career going on top of his real-life career. For sure, got a good good stream following as well. Built up a pretty good community, and that's got to help with sponsorship dollars on the on the real money side too. You know, I'm impressed that you know you can hold down a racing career and a streaming career at the same time, and it takes a lot of effort. Let's go into uh, events. iRacing announced the World of Outlaws Buckaker Late Model Pro Qualifying Series. It opens on May second. Uh, put up a link on their website and I got a quote here. I'm going to read, I think, well, actually it's not a quote, but, uh, it's the schedule. Uh, May 2nd is Kokomo. So that's already happened. May 9th, Cedar Lake, uh, 16th, 23rd, 30th, and then June 6th, the final event at the dirt track at Charlotte. So what you do is you race in these official events and then they take, uh, you know, the best guys and so on. Yeah, it, uh, what do we, we have six events on here, so you get one drop week. Five races are going to count towards your points, and there's 26 drivers per split, and the top 20 points finishers will be eligible to compete in the iRacing's pro level, receiving to, uh, the invitation to run in the World of Outlaws Butt Kicker Late Model Series that kicks off on July 25th. And then we got the Indy 500s. I think we already covered those. I mean, I got my new wheel, and I'm trying to get ready for it. Um, that will probably be my first official race with the new wheel. I don't intend to run any official races with my wheel until then. Uh, it'll be practice or AI. Um, right now, just trying to get the buttons mapped. Are you going to try maxing out the uh, force feedback to make it feel like you don't have the power steering? Well, I'll run it like I normally do, which is 80% of of full power uh and if yeah and see how it goes i need to you know put down a fuel run and see what i think it's uh different than running a road course because you're just turning it the same direction all the time and uh i remember the the last the, that indy 500 year that i won in the middle of the race i remember going in and to the wheel setting during a caution and actually turning the feedback down because it was just it actually will wear your arms out and it's harder to hold on to than the the oval wheel too. The it's the handles are a bit slick, I guess is the way to say it. But yeah, and I just can't grab it, you know, like the oval one. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. We want to take a break from the show for a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Sim Coaches. Months ago, I made the switch to Sim Coaches from Load Cell Pedals. I can tell you from the experience, the difference is huge. I'm able to break deeper than my competition and be smoother on the power exiting the corner. 
They have helped me a ton. Right now, for a limited time, Sim Coaches is offering our audience 10% off your order. You can't find a better deal anywhere else. Use code iRacersLounge at checkout. Head over to the SimCoaches.com website and get yours now. Hey, housekeeping, uh, don't forget our website, iRacersLounge.com. We're also over on the Performance Motorsports Network. Also, uh, hop on our Discord. Come come in there and interact with us. We got a few got really good loyal listeners, not only uh, giving us feedback and chatting it up with us, but they are tossing us a lot of topics as well. And so we're always open to bringing in all that information. I know Mike spends a lot of his personal time scouring the forums, trying to pick everything up. But just about every show, we have something that's been contributed by a, by a fan. Yeah, we heard back from the listener who was asking about what rig to buy um, greg had recommended the asr4 and guess what that's what the listener in- told us he ended up choosing so uh congratulations to him on his new rig um and then dr Ors he gave us a photo tour of his rig and he's got some crazy stuff going on in his uh his setup all right well tony it's that time how did uh, fantasy go <laughs> it went well for some people uh <laughs> not me and uh i to be honest i think i only was able to actually catch the last four laps of the of the race because it was um uh delayed till monday and it, it, it didn't matter for me I, all my picks um i think they all uh just did horrible um and i'm trying to find uh what happened on the in the race i don't have that right up here well, I'm looking at results from our uh, our league standings for Dover, and the highest team member again was Greg in sixth. Uh, well done. Yeah, I wish he was here. We could ask him what his secret is. Um, Smiling Ninja did all right. She was able to uh, uh, she tied there for ninth place, and um, Bobby Jonas I oh, think is boy. the next one. TGI Racing thirty uh, fourth. Jedi McFly, 39th. Mike Ellis, 48th. Ooh. Yeah, like, (laughs) McRubbin is 55. Like, did we even show up or what? (laughs) Yeah, Brian's literally at the bottom of the list here, almost. Yeah, it was was a terrible showing by us. Um, You know, minus Greg. Greg did really well. And I think overall, that puts Greg up in uh, second place. Wow. He's our hope. He is our hope because he's the only one of us that are in the top 10 right now. Um, Rochette, he's uh, he's close. He's in 15th. And yeah, the rest of us, well, the, uh, the first half of this uh, season is just not treating us very well. But I don't know. Um, like I, I got nothing for for Darlington. I think I am gonna just you know throw a whole bunch of stuff uh, at the wall and see what sticks. Because what I've been doing so far is um, clearly, very clearly, not working. 
Well, me neither, of course. I'm just sitting them and forgetting. The garage swap out thing, I think, is Greg's uh, trick. That's part of it, but I think he had to do that garage swap from by pulling over on the side of the road at some point because it ran on money. I didn't get to watch any of the race for the same reason. It's uh, especially in the afternoon. That's, that's when I'm a little bit busier at school. So uh, yeah, but you're right. I think that garage trick is helping them. And um, I think, I think, I know Tony, you like to sandbag the beginning of the season and I think you over sandbagged it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, I mean, We'll see. I don't know what I can do with this, but yeah, I'm pretty deep in the woods right now. Um, oh, uh, there's, I guess, you know, to stay positive, there's lots to, lots to go. And I, I don't know. I'd say like, I, I got lots of, you know, uses left of the, the main guys, but you know, the main guys right now are like Ross Chastain. Who would have guessed that at the beginning of the season? Is that, yeah, is that good. not the story of the re- your season? Really? You know, this is our chance to really just kind of get to talk NASCAR too. And have you ever seen a uh, a new team bring home multiple wins in their first season? Or is this their first season or were they running last year? No, first season. Yeah. In the, so they're in their first season of existence. Have you ever seen a team come in and, and have multiple wins? Well, no, they had, uh, they had Daniel before, right? I don't know. But yeah, it is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unheard of. Um, I mean, I guess that's what they say. Like the the car is doing its job; it's leveling the playing field. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just you know shaking everything up, and <laughs> you know, like there's there's guys kind of sitting on the outside you wouldn't expect to to see sitting Harvick. there right now. Yeah, Harvick, Truex, well, they'll figure it out. Yeah. They'll they'll figure it out. Well, Darlington, it will be one of the the real. T- truth tellers to see because that's usually a race i wish we still went to indy as well because ha- how many times had one of the high finishers if not the indy winner been in the championship hunt right that, that would always tell you who who the really good cars were will this computer run iRacing not now all right, let's hit some hardware software. The first one we've got, I'll take uh, for a little bit. We have the IMM Source 10 Newton Meter ET3 direct drive force feedback. And uh, Barry over at Sim Racing Garage gave it a review. Uh, he was mostly impressed with it. Um, he said he prefers a little bit more than just the 10 Newton Meters, but it, it'll get the job done for most people. Uh, and. Uh, he, he seemed to have mostly a, a positive review on it. He said everything that he did run into on it doesn't really seem to show up when you're on, actually out on the track. Um, I think the key conclusion with Barry is, does it have that notchiness around the center of the wheel? Do I feel that manual notchy feel? And that's something that he always talks about in the conclusion of any of his wheel-based reviews. And he was actually very favorable about this one compared to some of the others. Um, He didn't feel that notchiness. That's a big green flag that this might be a good unit. So I am source uh, another, uh, I believe it's from China. And um, yeah. This next title I love. um, Is it the year of the 100-year teraflop, Tony? Well, that seems to be the rumor. There's a lot of GPO, GPU rumors right now. Yeah, um, I don't even really, to be honest with you, I don't even really understand what 100 teraflops is um, and what it does. It sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds 
like a lot. <laughs> That's the speed of the processor, basically. It's how many ca calculations it can do in a, in a certain amount of time. Uh, that just I didn't get a chance to read it, that article, but I'm jumping through it. Um, and we're looking at possibly needing 900-watt power supplies on certain workloads. That's crazy. I mean, just thinking about that alone, it's like, okay, I'm going to build a computer and I need to get a power supply that is much larger than 900 because my, my card will need 900. That's just crazy. Now, can they even it, get the can chips? Can you do two power this? supplies and like stack them? I've never seen it done yeah. that way. Um, be, because you get around, no, I don't, I don't know if you can do that or not. Uh, we're looking at clock speeds of over 3,000 megahertz. So that's what, three gigahertz? So Intel is, you know, they're still supposed to bring out desktop GPUs, um, supposedly rolling out quarter two. Um, and then you have, you know, NVIDIA, you know, teasing their new stuff. You got AMD doing the same thing. And so that's what they're talking about. All these different card manufacturers about to, about to blow up the market. Yeah, they kind of summarize it at the end of this. And they say, you know, like they say to, you know, hey, take these rumors with a healthy dose of salt. But if true, they could, uh, we could be witnessing a teraflop war between NVIDIA and AMD while Intel is warming up with its Arc Alchemist GPUs. And they say it certainly makes sense to expect a significant generational leap in performance if the power requirements are like truly north of 450 watts. I would be surprised to see this kind of a jump. I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen, but do you guys know what um, the the law is that says everything's supposed to be doubling about every two years as far as processing power to one and a half yeah, years? Uh, yeah. Um, well, we're hitting a point now where the transistors are so small, quantum effects are actually becoming a, a factor. They're they're down on the nano part, nanometer size. So, it'd be I'd be curious to see what they're doing to make make such a jump, since basically is what's been making everything constantly go faster. Is they've been finding ways to make transistors smaller and smaller. But I think what they're trying to insinuate is, you know, the current crop of cards are you know, need 450 watts, and these new cards are double that. I mean, double, 900. So, we're, I mean, they're doing something with that extra 450 watts, and if it takes an extra, you know, 450 watts to get a minuscule upgrade, obviously that's not worth it. So I, that's why I think they're expecting big things. Fascinating stuff. This next story is very fascinating, David. Uh, talk about... Uh, wheel of, uh, or I guess it's degree of rotation. Well, it looks like uh, it's a very, it's a very, very direct drive streaming testing. And he's, uh, if you watch the video, it's just, it looks like you could chop your thumb off. The wheel is spinning so fast. All right. What is he trying to do though? I mean, I, I guess I don't understand it. Well, he says he's testing the 1260 degree lock, lock to lock with the 3000 RPM motor. So it's so just, I guess, how fast it'll stem. turn? Yeah, go from end to end. <laughs> yeah, so as you, as yeah, you, the, I guess that's a larger lock than a lot of the standard uh, wheels will turn. But with direct drive, I th how much difference does the lock make anyway, right? Um, but how fast it's turning is pretty insane. That's gotta, that means it's got to have a lot of power as well. 
well, is he doing this like because he's gonna, you know, he's he's building his own direct drive? Like that's kind of what I'm understanding yeah. from this. This is the same guy we had last week who had the the head mover thing where you strap the thing to your head and move it around. But yeah, he's obviously uh, creating new products and trying different things. But could you just imagine if that catches your thumb when it's spinning like that? Well, that's the thing. It's spinning so fast. It is 3,000 RPMs, like you said. Um, you're right. I mean, if you stuck your hand in there, chop away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, we got a Boost Media review next, right? On the Track Racer T120 or TR120? The TR120, yes. And I did watch this the other day. Um, you know, Will does a great job of these uh, cockpit reviews. And, and, of course, he did it with this one as well. Um, he really detailed out the differences uh, between their older cockpit uh, compared to this newer one. Um, and a lot of improvements have been made. Um, some of them that he actually uh, had asked for. Um, and so overall, I mean, the conclusion was good. I mean, this is a great, uh, 80, 20 cockpit. Um, if anything, he didn't like, it was the seat, um, the seat that he got from them has some flex in the seat itself. Um, you can easily see it even when he's not racing, like, and he's just sitting in the seat, just kind of jostling about, you can see the back of the seat moving. I mean, I, yeah, the seat is a mess, obviously. Um, now, is that but because of the seat or the great. bracket? Is that because of the seat or the bracket? Like, if you threw another seat on there, would it have the same flex? Is it flexing at the base, or is it actually the seat itself that's flexing within no, itself? No, it's the actual seat itself. It's not the way he mounted it, though. Okay. Well, I'm, you can get most of these without getting the seat anyway, so I recommend just go to Jags and pick you up a nice Sparco. Well, and that's what he was saying. I mean, he's in Australia, obviously shipping that seat to Australia was something else. Um, so, yeah, he was pretty much suggesting uh, it's a great buy without the seat. <laughs> well, if you if you buy, a, say, a Simlabs rig out of, out of Germany, you're going to want to get your seat from this side of the continent as well. And so, they, in right. fact, they won't even ship the seats. They'll only ship the, the profile. You know, these seats that... All of us have bought the NRG ones. You know, Tony got one, and Brian. You know, uh, Brian gave Tyler one, and I have one. And I mean, they're solid. I mean, they don't move at all. One piece. Okay, I mentioned it before. I'll go through it a little bit, but I got my new wheel, <laughs> and uh, I got it a day early, and kind of detailed out on my build thread in the forums. You know what I've been doing with it. But first thing was to get the stickers on it. Now they gave me a ton of stickers, ton. And, you know, I, I'm not a road guy. I really don't know where to put all these stickers. And so I decided to go off the, the, the main picture on their main website of the wheel and the way that they had the stickers on that wheel. And so that's how I ended up uh, putting them on mine. Um, super happy. I had my, magnifying glass with the light built in because these are super tiny and it was really hard to get them in place and that really just made the job much easier uh once i got the the stickers on i mounted up the um the podium hub uh quick release thing and i initially used the wrong screws there were so many darn screws with all the different 
you know, the wheel and the hub and the quick release. And I wasn't sure what screws to use. And it didn't seem like I could even put the thing together. And then I figured out, oh, I'm using the wrong screws. And so once I got over that hurdle and I had to like walk away from it, I had to set it down and go do something else and then come back to it. And then I, it, it came to me that I was, you know, I needed to try some di something different. Um, but for a while there, I was like literally stumped. <laughs> so, um, so that was a little bit of a challenge. As far as the build quality, I cannot tell you how impressed I am and how solid it feels. I mean, it feels more solid than it looked, if that is a thing. Um, the, there's a heft to it. And the shifters on the back are rock solid. I mean, there's no flex in this thing in any way, shape, or form. And then when you push the buttons, they're they're hard, almost hard to push, but and and crisp and clean when they do, you know, engage. Um, the little toggles at the top uh, have a green circle around them when they're engaged. And I'm using one for the high for the uh, headlight flashing, and I'll use the other for the pit limiter. Um, and so I haven't quite figured out what to do with the uh, knobs that are kind of built in that are kind of hard to turn around the thumb area um one of them is brake bias but the other ones i'm not sure what to do with and that's really my next thing is uh the knobs in the middle i have no idea i mean one of them says tcs the other says bbx i don't know what those are ultimately you can put them on whatever you want really tcr is traction i'm pretty sure it's traction control what about bbx that brake bias maybe but there's mm -hmm. a bias knob up on the upper right so yeah, it, it's hard. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. I'm probably going to end up asking somebody for help uh, that knows more. Yep. Well, probably I mean, ultimately, it will even depend on uh, which car you're running, because if you're in one of the sports cars, you can change your engine setting. You can change your brake bias, but you can't. You can change your engine map, right? Uh, but it's, say if you're in the LMP1, you want to change some, some things about the regen mode. If you're in the Mercedes F1 car, yeah, that has a different kind of region mode setting. Uh, back to the LMP, you have you you need a key for your boost, whereas on the Mercedes, you don't need the key for the boost. If you're in an in an F or if you're in an Indy car, you need the weight jacker adjustment. If you're running an oval, uh, so you're going to end up not necessarily using the buttons the same way for each car. What what I just do is. Uh, go through, especially since I'm in VR and I'm not worried about the labeling. I just you go into the menu, the controls, and you see which ones are not grayed out for whichever car you're wanting to run, and you and you want to make sure you set choose the correct or the custom controls button, and then you set all those buttons that you think you're going to need. Yeah, and that's what I did. I went to the Indy car and the F1 car, and I made sure to check mark that button you said and start mapping buttons and it's worked um now when i first plugged it into the computer or set it up on the computer plugged it onto the base i should say i tried to set up bluetooth and it wouldn't connect to the computer and i kind of panicked um and so eventually when i got up both in pairing mode the computer and the wheel i eventually got it paired by holding the the wheel, I had to take it off the base and actually hold it against the computer because apparently I was too far away from the computer to pair, even though it's right on the other side of my center monitor, um, it wouldn't pair. And so it paired when I held the wheel really close to the computer 
And then after that, I still had to install the firmware and it, and it wasn't quite working. So I used the cable and the cable is so cool. It's, it's magnetic and it, it's a USB cable that's coiled and it hooks to the wheel magnetically. And so that's how I kind of set it up with the cable. Now I have not tried it yet with the actual Bluetooth and, and ran the car with the Bluetooth. And so that'll be something I try tonight probably. Um, I set up the colors. It's really neat. It has a color palette. You can pick what color each button is. Um, everything is customizable. You have to hit save. I figured that out the, the hard way. I didn't save it the first time I went through and picked all the colors. Um, and yeah, and so it looks beautiful with it all lit up and everything and uh, can't be happier with it. All right. This next one is fascinating. Um, it's a fish tank PC basically and it literally is it's a fish tank that fish actually can't survive in because the it's not actually water that's the fluid it's a non-conductive fluid uh but it's still really cool i was gonna say it kind of takes uh, liquid cooling to a whole new level right mm -hmm. they said they could basically chill the whole pc down to 50 fahrenheit i i had to second take this and because of the tiktok it repeats right that's how tiktok rolls it you watch the uh, you pull up a video and if you don't change to the next one it just repeats i let this thing repeat over and over and over because i'm just fascinated when he pours liquid over the gpu you know he's got his 3090 or something and he's like pouring this you know clear liquid like literally on the gpu and i'm like wait a minute i thought maybe he was building a fish tank where the GPU and the computer parts would be like separated from the water, but the water's around it or something like that, where it looks like it's in the fish tank. No, his computer parts are literally in the liquid. And that's the trick to the, the whole thing is, is the liquid, right? It's like mint, some kind of mineral oil or something. It yeah, doesn't it, hurt the, uh, the hardware. It doesn't short. Yeah. It doesn't short circuit any, any of the transistors or wiring throughout the circuit board. So, yeah, it's uh, boy, it's tempting. This is and, a, this is something I almost want. I mean, if you look at the GPU fans, there the fans are turning inside the liquid. I mean, I, I'm thinking, oh my god, this is going to destroy those fans. But then he goes, he's saying verbally, you know, this is actually, you know, better cooling than you know air cool and so forth, or even liquid cool where you just have it on the surface, right? Yeah, very it's neat. It's a 3070 Ti is what the card was, yeah. But, I mean, not only is it more efficient, I, I usually don't get enthralled just by how something looks, especially being, being I run VR all the time, but that this is this tempts me. You wouldn't have to worry about dust. No kidding. That's a yeah. huge advantage, isn't it? I think uh, it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, when I do another build... I'm tempted to do something crazy like this. <laughs> Maybe not this, but something, you know, crazy. I think this needs to be fleshed out a little bit more. There's, there's gotta be, there's so many, uh, I mean, it looks cool. It's, and I'm sure it works amazing, but man, oh man, like, uh, there, there's a lot of, a lot of questions I'd be asking before, uh, attempt something like that. Yeah, imagine having to plug in and unplug uh, USB cords and all of that. I guess you just stick your hand down in the fluid because it's not going to shock you. <laughs> um, 
You need what it does need. It's though? almost like an oil, though. It's you know the fluid is an oil. It almost looks like like a, it looks to me like mineral oil. Yep. What it's going to need though is a few like AI fish bots so that it actually is a fish tank, a little robotic, you know, fish. Very very cool though. Um, how about Mike the PT actuator tension R active belt? We got another review. This one's from Carl Gosling. Yeah, dear old Carl. Um, did a review on this tensioning uh, active belt system um, from PT Actuator. And we've talked about this unit before. And, um, and he confirmed what we saw before in a previous review, that it works great as long as you don't mind the noise of it. Um, it's quite noisy. Um, he did a part in the video where he turned off the wind, the sound of the car, the audio of the game, uh, everything turned off. So you could just hear the, uh, belt tensioning system while he drove and it, it creates quite a racket actually. And so it's a big no from me because of the noise of it. But, um, he said, as far as functionality, it worked great. Um, he mounted it up, he tried it. He said he's tried other uh, belt systems that included not only the shoulder belts uh, moving, but the, the lap belt, uh, you know, contracting on him as well. This one doesn't contract the lap belt. It just does the shoulder belts only. And he said it's actually better that way. It doesn't give you that, you know, squeezing on your, you know, waist sensation like some of the other ones do. And it, and it still provides that that neat sensation, especially when you're going through a corner, when one belt pulls a little harder than the other. Wouldn't the waist belt just be torture if it's been one of those long races, like a Coke 600 and you have That'd to use be. the bathroom bathroom. <laughs> would be, that would be awful. I don't think the noise though is too bad. Um, kind of sounds like a dot matrix printer. If you remember those days, it almost makes you think of that sound because of the on and off effect that it has. Um, in, if you run headphones, you might not care about the background noise too much either, though if you're streaming, it would be picking up on your microphone a lot, especially if you run headphones, and people would be hearing that over everything else. If you got neighbors, though, or family, it, that, it might get on their nerves quite a bit. And software was super simple. I mean, he didn't even go over it because it was so simple. It's through SimHub, which is what I use for my butt kicker and the wind sim. Um, and it's got all kinds of different things in it, in the sim hub and, and, uh, belt tensioning apparently is one of them. Okay. With that, we're going to results. Let's finish up our results. Uh, we were talking in and to finish up on Dover, I wrecked out. I ran top five, basically. Led some laps, was running fourth when a guy clipped me, and that put me back uh, into the garage. Uh, put me back with the garbage, and I got taken out, is what I wrote. Yeah, did anybody else run? I know I was uh, uh, working Friday night. No, I wasn't able to run Dover at all. There was somebody running with me. I don't remember who it was, but uh, yeah, it was just a quiet day for our team. Um it was a good race for me. I, 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 I kind of like over. I always seem to run towards the front. Um, you know, and I, would, I just slipped this a hair, and the guy just got me. And, you know, he, he, people don't check up at all. And 
And uh, when you get hit at Dover, it's over, you know. Uh, I I know a couple of other people ran Sunday Open, but by the time I had my trouble, I know Greg had run, and I think Adam had run, and, or it was either Adam or Tony. Both of them wrecked out before I had my troubles, and I was running top split and was, was doing pretty good. We had the first 120-so of the laps almost green. We, it had started off real clean, and then once a caution happened late, later in that race it, t- it started to turn into a caution fest uh, i had to dodge a lot of wrecks and one time when i was dodging him i hit the green cone and got a, a whole slew of penalties and was put two laps down and was just never able to get it back any of the trouble i had after that would, was it really irrelevant it's it just uh dodging a wreck and hit that green cone came in p19 damn those damn cones you can hit that blue one right. but don't hit that green one <laughs> right uh, Sunday fixed. I ran, I wrecked out, uh, ran basically top 10 though. And eventually it was a green flag run. I did stop under green and immediately the yellow comes out. Just my luck down a lap and, and a tail end penalty, uh, because I had entered a closed pit. Apparently the, you know, I was literally crossing the line as the yellow came out. So anyway, fighting for the lucky dog, I get loose out of two and I hit the wall hard and I get run over from behind, uh, you know, like I had already wrecked. I was holding it up against the wall, waiting for the field to go by. And this is, you know, several seconds after I already wrecked. And then somebody just plows into the back of me, you know, and just finishes me off. Didn't even try to miss me, you know. Wednesday night, we started running at Darlington. I came in with a P19, but this is not that disappointing of a P19 because I was car 34. This was a a nearly 5K strength to field top split. Garrett Mains was in there with his 9K. And I did keep the wall clean. I kept it, or I kept the car clean. (laughs) The wall wasn't clean. Plenty of other people hit it. I did keep the car off the wall. And um, I just took it kind of Mark Martin style. And anytime somebody was really running me down, I was like, okay, I want the cars that are faster than me in front of me. So I would just not fight them. I'd even try to let them go. And it just survived. And a lot of other guys didn't. Um, and so I'll take the P19 uh, with that hard of a field. It, it actually paid a lot of points all the way down that far on the, on the list. All right. And then teammate Tom Dryling ran in my split. He ran the uh, black uh, furniture row uh, throwback paint uh, to honor his uh, local team or his old local team, Furniture Row. He ended up with a P12. Uh, I ran P20. Now, that doesn't say how bad a race this was for me. This is probably one of my worst races in recent memory. So I ran as high as P2 before I got loose off of two, just a little bit, and then clobbered from behind. Um, and then a green flag run with green flag stops. And then I sped on pit road getting in. Uh, it's really hard for me to figure out where the line was because I feel like the line should be later on when you're pulling to pit road, but it's really early. Um, but anyway, I got a speeding penalty. It was like 40 seconds. Then later I got a wave, but the guy, uh, so we, we got a wave by on a caution, but the guy in front of me, he wouldn't catch up at all like he was rolling around like we're on a wave by like a wave around they're about to go green and we're rolling around 70 80 mile an hour around the track i mean it was super frustrating i hear the spotter say okay pace cars off 
and and we're a half lap from the field and so I was really really mad and somehow I, I thought I was safe but I ended up pass I ended up with a passing on the inside penalty when I ran it around the sky um, so I ended up doing that penalty and then after coming out after that I got an unsafe pit entrance by going too wide uh, coming out of the pit lane out in one and two and then I was just done and so I just drove it home P20 so three pit errors in a row three pit, pit penalties in a row that's rough and you and you stuck it out all the way to the end still yeah you know I wasn't gonna let it get worse I'm, you know I, I figured I was already gonna finish dead last and I, I didn't want to be 35th so yeah I, I brought it home 20th was much better than what it would have been if I would have not stuck it out yeah that's fair that's fair that's tough it's sticking to that a lot of the races especially if you want to get up out of those bottom splits that's one of the ways you're going to do it is just to prevent the bleeding each time you have a bad race and get get less of an eye rating hit if not even a gain that p19 on mine because i was car 34 actually when I, I gained like 20 eye rating it looks like uh, Tony right, then, wrecked himself out, right? Uh, you see, he got checked up coming out of two, and when he gassed it, he got on it too hard and lost it right into the wall. Yep. Now today, wow, what a race. Uh, P5. I ran really good at the beginning of the race, and I actually took the lead at halfway for many laps. Uh, after a couple of cautions, though, I actually lost the handle and fell back to ninth. Now I don't know what happened. But I'm speculating the truck, the track rubbered in, and I couldn't drive it anymore. I don't know, but I just kept getting loose, and it would get loose going into three and and into one. Uh, I don't know, but I, I lost the handle and I fell back to ninth. Um, that last third of the race, I just kept, you know, bumping the wall, touching the wall, zero X, and sometimes a two X. Um, I couldn't keep it off and I was just hanging on and basically attrition got me back to fifth even from that ninth after uh, I started failing and I don't know if it was the track rubbered in or did the driver fall out of the seat you know that's certainly a possibility like in the beginning I was like super focused on not hitting the wall and I didn't I didn't hit the wall for the first I think 44 laps um, and maybe it's just I lost that edge of my focus and uh, I couldn't hold it that long. I don't know, but uh, this is definitely one of the hardest tracks on the circuit. And the line oh. is not the same as it was with the old car. You, you can't quite attack, especially turn one the same way. No doubt. And the old car, I used to throw it down onto the apron uh, in one, uh, get the lefts down below the white line, and that would actually help kind of turn the car um now you don't go you don't touch the apron in this car at all yeah i tried that on my first <laughs> bunch of lap first bunch of practice laps like i did the old car yeah just like you mike i'm really aggressive into that turn one yeah that did not work out very well at all i've been struggling hard trying to find that just nice line through there you got to get in easy and get off hard that's that's the uh, way for darlington um, if you overdrive the entry, that's, I think that's what I was screwing up the last part of that race was I was overdriving the entry. Tony Brochette was in my split. Can you believe it? 
So I was like, dude, did I lose all my I rating and I'm in bottom split now? But I was car number one and he was car, you know, 20 something. But anyway, uh, he had a VR fail. He said, had a wrong adjustment beginning of the race, making it super loose. Ended up a lap down from getting trapped. Uh, exiting pit road after getting damage fixed. Made it back on the lead lap and in six when my reverb decided to die on me with 20 to go. I want to punch baby seals more times than I hit the wall. And he had a good run going and he was actually a bit faster than me if he could stay consistent. Like he, he could get better lap times than me but he would make a mistake and be a little bit slower on one lap but then the next lap he would be faster and so at one point I was following Tony and then I, I eventually screwed up and lost him. But yeah, he was quick and uh, what a shame. All right. Okay. I, I don't see much in the on. official. Yeah. Uh, did you run anything official? There's nothing on the script. I, I don't think I did. Cool. Uh, so that takes us up to the league hosted races with fast track. And it looks like I'm the only one put in the results because I think I was the only one who had decent luck. I avoided all the bad luck on this one and had really good long run speed, but the guys that finished top three were just, uh, were just faster. They finished about five seconds in front of me, but it was nice to have the luck change, especially in the league racing. Cause, cause I've not had a great start on Monday nights just with, with how everything's worked out. I was wrecked out the first caution, I believe, and I walked away. Not my doing, either. Um, I don't know what happened to Greg and Adam. They got wrecked, too, didn't they? Yeah, but Adam's, Adam's had even worse luck than me, I think, on Mondays. Well, that's it. That's all we got for results. Uh, let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. Well, I guess I'm looking forward to uh, summer coming up soon, where I can bump, you know, bump the racing up back to the ridiculous amounts of starts. Uh, I've been racing, but but work has definitely been busy. But on a on a positive note, it's because gigs are coming back. You know, we're finally getting out of this out of this COVID lull, and I'm getting to play a lot more, play the horns and sing a lot more. So, uh, just looking looking forward to the summer and looking forward to seeing some of this luck continue to come back to the positive side. All right, well done, Tony Groves. Final thought. Yeah, I was uh, I, I was able to do a little bit of practice for Dover, um, but my my oldest had been come back and to, to live with us for a couple months, so she's you know in between in between places, and it was her last uh, her last week, so I was taking full advantage of uh, being able to hang out with her before she heads off about two hours away. Um, but yeah, back to practice here at uh, Darlington, which. In the uh, in the last car, I really love this track. This car, not so sure. This is really tough, but uh, my my practice hasn't gone over that well. Um, but I'm hoping once I get into a race, it'll um, I'll, I'll just kind of figure it out there. That's well, I'll be racing tomorrow night, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Kind of wanting to be able to get back into you know being able to throw down a couple races throughout the week so I can. You know, crawl my way out of these bottom splits where I've been stuck for the last few years. All right, very good. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, man, it felt good to be leading at Darlington. At one point during the race today, I was dreaming of a win. I, I thought I could win it. I mean, I was pulling away from the field at some point. Obviously, it went away, but um, man, to win Bristol this year and to be knocking on the door at Darlington, man, it feels really good. It gives me some confidence. 
little swagger and uh, my little project so the wind sim is half of its working and one hose works the other doesn't I need to rewire it to fix it or figure out if the soldering is broke or what but I haven't touched it because I want to do away with the hoses I'm kind of waiting for my buddy Kyle to uh, 3d print some kind of solution where we can mount the fans above the monitors without hoses and then I'll wire it up again and see if I can make it work uh, and then I got the wheel to, to sort out I got to finish mapping buttons Got to figure out my force feedback uh, and get ready uh, for the Indy 500 coming soon. And so with that, hey, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.